Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to End This Time Live. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we have Jim. We have Tyler. Tyler's on one tonight. I don't know what is going on with you, but what's up, everyone? How we doing? I'm doing good. We had a concert by Tyler. Oh, man. Yeah, Tyler was jamming out. Brittany tried to slander my guy, Justin Timberlake, and I'm just supporting him. It's all no it JT slander allowed. We don't allow that. Not around here. <laughs> Not in these parts. Um, but you got to be nice to Brittany, too. She's been through a lot. Yeah, Justin was nice to her in 2021 when he said that conservatorship should end. And she just trashed him. So, like, we got to stand. I can't wait for the Instinct album and tour. <sighs> like anything. He Which does, is basically man. Justin Timberlake featuring Instinct. I feel JT's the guy. He's the dude. I stand in solitary. In solitary confinement. Solitary confinement. <laughs> Anyways. I said solidarity, that. but it's cool. Like I, I, whatever. Yeah, what I was saying before the show, if nobody caught it, was Jim usually starts this thing off by, what are we talking about? We didn't get that tonight because he couldn't figure out a computer. Yeah, Jim can. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I messed up the login. That's my bad. I mean, I'll own up to it. That was my bad. Great show. I'm the reason why. As always. All right, guys. See you next week. Well, we already have people commenting. I hear a bunch of yeses. Uh, I was looking at this and like, I don't. We didn't say anything, and why are they saying yes? But like uh, the title of the show, I guess. Can the can the twenty twenty four Pirates replicate the twenty twenty three Diamondbacks? That's what the show is going to be about. Uh, so I guess I understand the comments now, everyone. So thank you. But um, I don't know, guys. Again, we're a Pittsburgh Pirates show. There's not a whole lot to talk about with the Pittsburgh Pirates, but uh, we've been talking about the, the MLB playoffs here and there. And it's the Rangers versus the Diamondbacks. Let's just start there. Who is predicting this? Yeah, I don't think anybody was predicting this. This was uh, this is this is a World Series of two teams that lost a hundred games. Hey, you know what? I didn't make whatever. Austin says Jim should retire like Mad Dog after saying the Snakes won't win. I didn't say they won't win. I said that they probably won't. I think that's what I said. And I didn't like I didn't make any outlandish statements about the whole thing. We but wish no, we here we here we are. Here we are. Rangers, Diamondbacks. Both teams lost hundred games in twenty twenty one, made some strides last year, and here they are, both teams in the World Series. No one uh no one I think expected this particular matchup. No. Jesus, Tyler. 
Well, <laughs> you had so I'm, much energy coming into the show. What is going on? I'm thinking of how to put it. That's true. He was dancing around. He was he, like, he was singing. He was actually like legit singing. And oh, now he can't even say anything. Liver, yeah. No, I was thinking of a polite way to put it that the Diamondbacks, it, I don't know if you guys are on the same page as me here, but I don't think they're a good baseball team. Like in general, I just don't think they're any good. You look at the rotation, it's not good. They got Corbin Carroll and a couple guys that played pretty well but to picture them in the world series i don't know if anybody ever could have predicted it. and whoever did is probably cashing out that bet right now um i don't know how they did it honestly that's really what it is to me i don't know how they did and we'll get to it later here in the show but it kind of seems like a lot of catching lightning in a bottle Absolutely. Well, one thing we talked about was the new playoff format. I mean, there's more teams in there. You know, we discussed about the playoffs last week and, you know, what we could see if there's going to be more teams. And I think what this World Series demonstrates is, I mean, I guess however you want to look at it, but the issue with allowing more teams, like the Diamondbacks aren't really that great of a team like you mentioned, Tyler. You know, the Dodgers, the Braves, we're talking about like these super teams that were really, really good, and it's the Diamondbacks. They beat the Phillies, who are actually really, really good. Playing really, really good this postseason. And uh, so I guess like the, you know, as a title here, states and stuff, like this gives hope to Pirate fans because like you said, I feel as if they're good enough. They're good enough to get into the playoffs. Barely. And uh, it's like, I don't know. I don't know if this caught like they got hot at the right time, but they just have enough. Like we talked about with the you know the playoffs, you don't need the depth like you do in the regular season. I mean, they have two guys that are pitching really good. Ironically, one of them is not Zach Allen. They have two really good pitchers. They have a really good bullpen, you know, and the hitting's coming alive for the most part. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a solid team, especially offensively. You look at them and like no one jumps off jumps or jumps out at you, but then you dig deeper. Right. And I mean, Cor Corbin Carroll is a pretty known commodity now. I know he's a rookie, but he had an outstanding rookie season. Um, 25 homers, 54 stolen bases. He ended up with a 6.0 fan graphs war. So the dude, the dude, the dude's a stud. <laughs> um, and the then you look at ever go 25, 52, wasn't he? I think he's the, wasn't he the first, well, definitely the first rookie ever. Yeah, like no doubt for sure. Um, but then, you know, you look kind of up and down their lineup. Cattell Marte is just a really good, solid baseball player all around. Like he's been good for a while now. He was good again this year. Christian Walker, again, just a solid baseball player. Um, you've got, you know, a young shortstop in Perdomo who kind of found his way this year. Lourdes Gurriel, um, you know, he's he's a he's a professional hitter, you know, and, and then you look at the catcher position, Gabby Moreno, another really young, really good, uh, really good player, especially defensively, great defensive catcher, uh, and he's come up with some timely hits throughout the postseason. So you know, you kind of look at the lineup, and they've got a they've got a pretty good core of guys there. 
what's what's been kind of carrying the torch though this postseason, I feel like is like you mentioned that that pitching. Zach Allen hasn't even been that good, but Merrill Kelly has been excellent. Brandon Fott has been really good. Yes, um, he has. And the bullpen, the bullpen has just been shut down. Like incredible. Uh, I mean, I was looking at the Diamondback stats just a little bit ago. They only had three pitchers this entire season, even throw a hundred innings. They had two guys on their entire team, uh, pitchers with a war over two. So it's like, it's just kind of, they just piece together a bunch of dudes and they're just all pitching really well right now. So I guess I have a question for you guys off of that. Do you guys feel that what the Diamondbacks have done is good for us as Pirates fans? Um, explain that a little bit further. I know where you're going with it. Where I'm going with it is that. No, I know. You. I know. I think I know where you're going. We with do, it, but yeah. just for the audience to yeah. expand a little bit. Do you think that um, it gives a little hope to Pirates fans that you can do it this way? And we've seen it kind of done before. I think the Royals were a little bit similar, but I don't think they were as kind of mediocre as the Diamondbacks are. Um, do you think this gives a little bit of a glimmer of hope to the pirates? Well, that I think absolutely it does. And do you think that it's good for the pirates that the diamondbacks are in, in the world series now? I, I hate this. Maybe not good for the pirates. I'm sorry. Is it good as a pirates fan to watch the diamondbacks? Does it, should it give you hope as a pirates fan? So, Depending on what your question is, the answer I've, is, I've is yes or no. So yeah. um, I, as a Pirates fan, you've got to look at this Diamondbacks team and absolutely you look at them and you say, you know, this gives this gives me hope for next year. Right. This, this Diamondbacks team went, what, 80, uh, 84 and 78. Yeah. You can totally see a path to 84 and 78 next year as a Pirates fan, I think, like if you. You don't even have to squint that hard, and you can probably you can probably see it. So, does it give you hope? Yes. Is it good for the Pirates that the that the Diamondbacks are in the World Series right now? Um, I guess I would have to say no. It's not because one, it means that this Diamondbacks team, who has a lot of really young players who are going to be back next year, and they're going to be better, and they're going to be calling up uh, Jordan Lawler. Also, shortly next year, and he's just going to make their team even better. So, is this good for Pirates fans that the Diamondbacks are in the World Series? Probably not, because the Diamondbacks are now going to be a team you're going to have to play. Um, but I think you're you're digging a little bit deeper here on the topic of is it good for the Pirates and really baseball in general that a team with 84 wins makes the World Series? Is that I think that's kind of more. I your think question. that's the big thing, though. Is and now that I think about it, because I'm a brain dead moron. Is it good for baseball in general? Because I don't think it is. I don't know. It, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, probably not. Because, you know, you don't want teams shooting for 84 wins. You want teams to be shooting for a better season. But, I again this is the this is what they asked for like when you expand the playoffs and you let these teams in who aren't that great like you're going to end up with stuff like this 
Uh, and it's not like this is anything new either. Like you look at, what was it, 2006, the St. Louis Car- Cardinals, Cardinals won the World Series and they were 83 and 79 or something like that. So yeah, like this isn't this isn't something that's like unique to this season. We've seen teams that are like this in the playoffs before. I think the Giants on a couple of their World Series runs had similar records to this. So like. I don't I don't think this is a detriment to the sport in any way, because this isn't anything new. This has been happening for a long time. This has been happening since the 1987 twins. Jim, the historian, all of a sudden. So (laughs) part of this goes down with our conversation we've had, though, like built for the playoffs, opposed to built like for the regular season, you know, and I think by no means do I look at the Diamondbacks and say they're built for the playoffs, but I think they're better in this type of a format than a regular season, right? Like Tyler said, you look at the pitching staff. There's not a whole lot of depth. There's like two guys, but all you need in the playoffs is two guys. And that's what they have. And they've been pitching very, very, very good, you know, and that bullpen and, you know, Tyler brought up the Kansas city Royals. I mean, it was that bullpen that just carried them for the most part. You know, like they, they built that formula that was emulated time and time again. You know, you have to shut down bullpen and those starters become better. So I just kind of hate the whole question, like, is this good for baseball and all of that? Because ultimately, nothing's going to change. Like, nothing has changed. Nothing's going to change. You know, like, Bob Nutting isn't going to operate differently if the Diamondbacks didn't get in there. He's going to operate the same. That's why the Pirates have been in this situation for 30-plus years. You know, the like, like, look at every team. Like, the rules aren't changing the way teams really strategize for the most part. Like maybe here and there, but I guess I think that's just too overrated. Like the Diamondbacks have now ruined baseball because the World Series. So all the teams think they can just be at 84 wins. I mean, I do think adding more teams, most teams see all you have to do is get in there, right? And be hot or whatever. Like there's more action, maybe the trade deadline than there is in the offseason. Like that part I get. But I, I don't look at it and say, well, it's bad for the Pirates because now Bob Nunn is not going to spend money because he was going to. So I get that part, but we, we had the conversation before about GMs talking about, we got to win 84 games and we're in a good spot. So in terms of just as baseball fans in general, I know I've, I've been on board of expanding the playoffs just because I felt like it would be better for myself as a Pirates fan. And I think you are correct there, Donardo, and saying that Bob Dunning's not going to change. We all know that. He's going to spend up to whatever his limit is that year. But does it change the GM's perspective there where we're going to continue this kick the can down the road and stay the course, try to just stay competitive as long as humanly possible instead of actually trying to go win a World Series? Does this change GM's mindset in that way? Maybe just the way they'll operate. And I think that's what I'm coming down to. I think the offseason is kind of looked at as let's be able to last. Let's make sure we can get to 84 wins. And then once the trade deadline comes, then you kind of go, depending who you are, all in. I mean, like, we haven't talked on the opposite end. Another team that did this differently. They also lost 100 games two years ago. But they spent money. But also look what the Rangers did at the deadline. So I think that could be 
is like what you're looking at. Like, like I think the offseason is more of let's make sure we're good. Let's make sure we're good. You know, and I think you have to look at the landscape of your division. You know, if you're in a division, which is again funny. I mean, the Diamondbacks were looking very much on the outside in. When you look at the Dodgers and the Padres, you're like, okay, we ain't gonna, we ain't making it this year. And now you're in the World Series, right? But like, I feel like you know, a lot's based on, you know, your division in that sense. But like, you have to be good enough. And then once the deadline comes, you kind of assess, and that's what you go on. But again, like, you're you're building for the playoffs. Like, you have to have two studs. But I don't, I don't even know. Like, can you argue the Diamondbacks even did that? Like, they just no, coasted. They didn't here. They, they didn't. They yeah, coasted they relied, here. They relied heavily on their on their bullpen this entire this entire postseason. Uh, I mean, Zach Gallen had a good series in Milwaukee. Merrill Kelly's been outstanding the entire postseason, so I think you can look at him and say he's been really good. Uh, Brandon Fott hasn't had the length that the other guys have had, but he's given four to five good innings each time out. And then with the way that the bullpen's pitching, that's all you need. Like if, if Fott's giving you four or five good innings and the bullpen's coming in and giving you four or five scoreless, you're going to win. And that's what happened. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they definitely did it a different way. Like the, you look at the Phillies and the Phillies were getting, were getting innings out of Wheeler and Nola. And then, you know, Nola blew up in game six. And that's kind of when things went, went, went south because their bullpen wasn't really their strength throughout this whole thing. It was, it was more of a weakness. Their strength was the length and the dominance that their two really good starting pitchers gave them. And then they did have the third with Ranger Suarez also having a really good postseason. So, yeah, I think it's just there's different ways to do it. The Diamondbacks did it bullpen heavy. The Phillies were relying more on their starters. And at the end of the day, the Diamondbacks bullpen was better than the Phillies starters. Playoff baseball is wild, man. It's so it's That's so different, it's so right? It's so different because you know, they were talking about the game last night too. And it's, it's really just, you're looking at every decision you make, you know, the, the, the regular season, you're doing it on like a, a macro level, right? Like you're not bunting that much. You're, you're, you're doing the things that like analytics and the numbers are telling you to do. Whereas with the postseason, like every pitch, every run, every at bat is so important that it's like, sometimes you just got to go with your gut on things. And, yeah, you're bunting more, you're stealing more, you're or maybe you're not even stealing as much really in the postseason because you're not one to give out uh, give up outs, but you're you're making pitching changes a lot sooner. You've got quicker hooks. Um, yeah, it's it's a different game. Like the postseason is a completely different game and than it, the regular season, and it's really where that manager makes their money. Oh yeah, like that's oh. where you become a legit manager. I mean, you look at Bruce Bochy. I mean, Bruce Bochy. Carve himself out a really, really good career. Yeah. Just just an excellent postseason manager that he's shown yeah. to be. I think he's undefeated in game sevens now. It's like four and oh in game sevens, five and oh. Damn it. What you were saying there, Jim, was absolutely correct. It's just a feel thing in the postseason. And some guys have it, some don't. And Terry Lolo obviously has figured out how to do it. I think another thing with Terry Lavolo, since we're just, I mean, we're, you mentioned him, um, and we're tying this all back to the Pirates, right? 
kind of you, you know you got to give the diamond back like the diamond back stuck with them right like yeah. they they hired him he put together a couple three you know decent seasons made the playoffs year one he won 82 games in year two he won 85 games in year three then the rebuilding started right you had 25 game 25 wins in the 60 win season 60 game series season of 2020 they bottomed out in 2021 110 losses got better last year 74 wins so like they stuck with them and i think it's just a way to show that like that continuity i think the continuity means something and like sticking with the guy I think it's 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 an it argument to at least right yeah guy. I mean if it's the right guy and I think if you think Derek Shelton's the right guy you stick with him um I think the Pirates think he's the right guy uh, but you know you look at somebody like Lavolo and he's definitely someone who could have been let go last year or the year before uh, but he wasn't and now look at him he's in the World Series yeah and the other part with Lavolo is like they gave him some veteran crap. Like the Diamondbacks, to their credit, did try to compete within the past couple years, and they I'm signed gonna... some guys. And yeah, he's the guy, and Granky, and like there's there's a good bit of guys that they tried to spend money on, and it just didn't work out. But they did ride with them. It's worked out, but it also does help though, Jim. Whenever your first year, you're a competitive team. So maybe yeah. not the same situation, but no, you're right. Um, but let's kind of get into that because I think the Diamondbacks people look and they say, you know, they lost 110 games in 20, 2021. And it's like, oh, well, you know, the Pirates can do what the Diamondbacks did. The Pirate, the Diamondbacks didn't do what the Pirates did. The, they they didn't. They didn't tank. Now, you look at 110 losses and you're like, this team was bad. Right. Uh, and they were they were bad. That team wasn't supposed to be that bad. That team was supposedly like pre fangraphs preseason projections had that team winning 74 games. Right? They just failed miserably. Um, you're not tanking if you just signed Madison Bumgarner to a three-year 60 plus million dollar contract. Right. And, and and so we're we're talking about different things. The Diamondbacks did a really, really good job of building this this team that they have the young guys on it we talk about corbin carroll corbin carroll not a super i mean he was a first round pick but corbin carroll was a 16th overall pick in 2019 you know he was somebody they scouted and developed alec thomas same thing uh, another young guy that wasn't a top top pick scouted developed Gabby Moreno, they went out and they they acquired him. Um, Loris Gurriel, they went out and got him. Uh, Cattell Marte, another not a homegrown guy. They've had him for a while now, but they went out and they got him. Um, so it's just it's a really really well constructed team, and they just hit they they hit on a lot of those moves. And I think like, when you when you hit on that many moves, you're just you're gonna be good. Uh, and this is a team that, like, this isn't a one-year wonder. Like, the Diamondbacks should be pretty good for a while. These are all young guys. They're all coming back next year. And I mentioned earlier with Jordan Lawler coming, like, they're just going to get better. They're adding better players to this team. Um, and then behind him, you've got, you know, Drew Jones. So, so like, they've got talent just stacked, ready to come up. Um, those, two, those two years where they did, quote-unquote, bottom out, 
um, and, and they got those high picks. They didn't even use them this year. They're in the World Series. They, those guys aren't, aren't even here. Um, but yeah, just a really, really good team. And I think it also shows like a team like this, you've got to take risks. And you know what? Some of those risks are going to fail. Like Madison Bumgarner was a terrible signing for this team. They paid Madison Bumgarner over $20 million this year. Mm-hmm. He didn't pitch at all. Like he's their highest player. He's, he's not even on their team anymore. Right. So like they went out there, they, they got aggressive. They made some moves. They made some mistakes, but they also hit on some of them. And so I think it just goes to show like a lot of people say that teams like this, teams like the Pirates, teams like the Diamondbacks, you can't afford to make mistakes. Like like a lot of people kind of use that argument, like the Dodgers and the Yankees, they can afford to make a mistake, right? The Pirates can't afford to make one. They can. You just got to be, you just got to make less mistakes than you do good things and, and the Diamondbacks made more good decisions and they developed their players better. Uh, like I said, they made some mistakes with this team, big time mistakes. I'm sure they would have liked to spend that $20 million another way, but it was a mistake they made. It was a big mistake they made and they were able to overcome it. I think you make a good point there too, about the mistakes just to kind of tie in there. Um, uh, one thing I talked about, like payroll just allows you to make more mistakes than other people is kind of how I look at it for the most part. But yeah, like it's not like the Pirates have to be perfect or they can never get there. I mean, even like in the years that they were in the playoffs, like they weren't perfect. They hit on a lot of free agents and trades like that helped them. Right. But like they weren't perfect. Um, But I think like. Which top of the Diamondbacks, you know, it makes a whole lot of sense. Like, even looking back at that year, they lost a lot of games we're talking about. Like, look at their bull. I'm sorry, bullpen. Look at the rotation. Here's their ERAs. Kelly, 444. Bumgarner, 467. Gallon, 430. A wider, 435. And, and Luke Weaver, 425. Like, it wasn't a terrible bullpen. Um, Jesus. It wasn't a terrible rotation that we're talking about. Like, we look at the Pirates and they're doing bad. Think about that rotation they had. I mean, it was just trash. So it's kind of like to your point too, Jim, like you're talking about, it's not as if the Diamondbacks tanked, like they did attempt. It was just a bad team. And you know what? Sometimes you just have bad teams just because you have a bad team. Doesn't mean you are tanking. So like, I want to put that out there too. Like there's a difference between tanking and being bad. The Diamondbacks were just bad. And it is what it is. They call it a day. The bum garner was just a terrible signing, which honestly, most of us thought like that was bad to begin with, but they spent money. Like they did attempt. They did try to, it just didn't work out. I mean, kudos for them trying. It just wasn't smart. So they retold. I mean, they were afforded the opportunity to pick higher in the draft, get better prospects in doing so. But like you said, Jim, they're not even using those guys yet. They're not even here, which is what kind of makes this interesting. And maybe that was their mindset. Like to Tyler's point, you're going into this off season. You already see the Dodgers. You saw what the Padres did. I mean, maybe they looked at it as if like this was their Pirates, what we thought 2023 could be, right? It's like the we're getting there. We're not going to get these two juggernauts by any means, but we're coming there. You know, we have this pipeline coming. We're not there yet. This is the time to get good. And they just kind of limped in, and here they are. Like they were good enough to do so. Um, but right, like I look at this and like next year is kind of like that year. I mean, if you're looking at it, the Padres maybe falling apart, you know, 
Now they have this team that's already got to the World Series. Their prospects are coming up. I mean, the playoffs are for them. Some more payroll possibly next year. You know, like they might be some players in, in free agency now, and they're even better. So you don't have to tank. I think that's what you're kind of, meant, kind of getting to here, Jim. You know, you don't have to tank. Even like the Rangers didn't tank uh, when they lost 100 games as well. They, they had a pretty decent payroll. They just weren't good. And then they what did they do after? They spent money and they got much better. And then the trade deadline came this year and they ensured they were better. And uh, like they're a beast of a team right now. Yeah, and, and I think it's just, you know, you had the Diamondbacks. They've got that young core, right? They had they had Marte. They had, um, they had Marte. They had Christian Walker already, right? They, you call up mm-hmm. Corbin Carroll. You call up Alec Thomas. You called up Geraldo Perdomo. And then you just, like, look and see where your gaps are, and they they plugged those. Like, they made the move for Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and Gabby Moreno. They signed Evan Longoria in the offseason. And Evan Longoria is not the same guy that he used to be, right? But he's still, like, he's a pro. Like, Evan Longoria is a pro. Um, you, so you put him at third base. He's a guy with a ton of experience, a lot of postseason experience. You know, not someone who's going to, um, you know, just not be able to perform in, in like in the postseason. So, you know, you bring a guy like that in. Um, who, who else did they bring in? Uh, Seawall. I think that was the deadline. Uh, yeah, they, they bring in Paul Seawall, too. So, like, they, they're just they're plugging in these gaps that they have kind of throughout their lineup with veterans. And they did it a myriad of ways, right? Like like Gabby Moreno uh, and Loris Gurriel, they, they got in a trade. Um, Evan That's Longoria, what I want to bring up real quick too. Yeah, so like they plugged these holes with guys, and they did it using different different ways. They made some trades, and they worked out. You know, like give them credit for that. You talked about the Guriel Moreno, right? With with Varsho. I mean, Varsho is like who we comped Endy to. Varsho, a really good player. They made that deal. I mean, Varsho didn't have the greatest season in Toronto. Like it worked out for the Diamondbacks. The Zach Gallon deal, like that. That worked out really well for them. Not that Jazz is, is like a terrible player, you know, because but, but Zach Allen has definitely been a better player than Jazz has. And what the Diamondbacks needed and such, that's really worked out for them. So, like, they've yeah. been doing things to get better and they have worked out for them also, you know. So, that's what we're talking about. Like, is Charrington going to make the trade to do like to get better, right? Or is he going to be able to add these pieces? Like, is he going to be able to make this team better? Um, in that sense, because like you mentioned, there were players there like Reynolds was already here. Hayes is already here. Like there was guys that are already here, much like the Diamondbacks to a degree, like through the rebuild. Um, but like what the Pirates have right now is their guys are coming up already. Well, the Diamondbacks aren't even here yet. Or the I mean, the Diamondbacks also have had some guys come up and immediately contribute, which which always helps, because when you're paying somebody the league minimum, Right. And he's he's an he's a near MVP candidate like Corbin Carroll is or you're paying somebody the league minimum and he's one of the best catchers in the game. That helps you a whole lot and it gives you a lot of flexibility to go and plug those other holes. So I think that's kind of where the Pirates sit right now is they need these young guys to come up and not just be. They can't just be contributors like they've got to be a main part of this team. And, 
you know, we always kind of go back to, um, you know, like the, 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 the good pirates teams of the, 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 the 20 teens. And they had some young guys who came up and immediately contributed. They had a good core of players, but they had some young guys who were really good. You know, Garrett Cole, Jameson Tyone, um, Pedro Alvarez coming up. Um, even like Starling Marte, like you, you had some young guys who immediately contributed and that's what you saw with the Diamondbacks this year. And when you're able to do that and have those those rookies just hit the ground running, it opens up so many possibilities for you because they don't cost anything. So you can use that money that you have to go out there and plug some other holes and you don't have to worry about those rookies. Whereas the Pirates are in a position right now where none of their young guys have hit the ground running, like none of them. So can the 2024 Pirates emulate the Diamondbacks? They can, but those young guys are going to have to take a giant step forward. For sure. Well, just to add to that real quick. <clears throat> we talked a lot about Corbin Carroll when we're discussing Pirates prospects and coming up late in the year and that window that major league baseball teams do have of calling them up. And as Jim said, letting them hit the ground running. We saw that with Corbin Carroll, we saw pretty much close to a full year from Alec Thomas, who is contributing pretty significantly to the postseason. but in the playoffs. Yeah. But to be fair, I'm not, I'm not going to blow smoke up everybody's butt. He had a bad year. He had a bad year a year before that but we're seeing them call these guys up so that they are actually ready to compete much earlier than we're seeing the part, what the parts have done where it's, you know, it's it. We're looking a year out from when they're called up these other teams and especially the diamondbacks at this point, they're calling them up maybe a year early so that they're ready to go immediately when they're ready. I love. I just, yeah, go ahead. I just was, give me this opportunity to say I, I just love the way a lot of teams are like now using that. Right, they're, they're calling up their guys. Whatever the date ends up being, like the August twenty fifth, right? So they're still rookie eligible next year, but it's like we're gonna sneak in these at bats at the end of the year to get you some some MLB experience and times. So that way, when day one's here next year, you can still rookie be rookie eligible. We can get the incentives. You can get the incentives. Right, like we're pushing your time up. So that curve starts early. So that, that time you're here next year, you are a dude, hopefully by midsummer. Yeah. And, and I think it just goes back to like, I, I will absolutely get on the pirates for, for holding guys down the minors too long. I think that's, that's something that, that they've been doing for quite some time now. Um, but I'll also say like these guys, the diamondbacks called up were, they were really ready and they, they, they developed so nicely. Like you're talking about Corbin Carroll, a high school bat from 2019 draft. He played a total of 142 minor league games. Like that's it. Like he, that's, that's all he did as a high school draft pick. Um, and you, you call him up and he immediately is a superstar. Like the, the Diamondbacks were able, yeah. Like the Diamondbacks were able to, to like, find this talent 
develop him with very minimal playing time. Corbin Carroll had injury issues for years. He missed the entire, he didn't play in 2020. He played seven games in 2021 before he tore his, uh, his rotator cuff. He, he like the thump, some of his labrum shoulder, whatever it was like the dude hardly played in the minors yet. He, you know, you, you call him up at age 21 and he ends up being like this. Gabby Moreno, the same way, obviously developed by Toronto, but again, like someone who moved through that system really, really quickly. And then by the time the Diamondbacks got a hold of him, he was already ready for the majors at age 23. You know, he debuted in Toronto last year at age 22. Again, another catcher. He played 256 games in the minor leagues. So you're, you're just talking about guys who just developed really nicely and really quick. And we just haven't seen that with the Pirates. Like, when was the last time the Pirates had a high schooler who just breezed through the system like that? It wasn't into McCutcheon. Like, it didn't even, not even breezing. Like, it was McCutcheon. Yeah. I mean, but they yeah. also kept McCutcheon in AAA for yeah. three years when he well, was ready two years early. McCutcheon would, have, yeah, McCutcheon would have 350 homers yeah. right now if he was called up on time. <laughs> what, right. I was, what I was going to say, though, like, we talk about Kettle Marte and the Diamondbacks seem to have bet on talent. And we've talked about that with the Pirates a lot. Maybe here and there, they haven't really just bought into the talent and just let it ride. The Diamondbacks feel at this point, and I know I've said they, it feels like they've caught lightning in a bottle here, but to an extent, they have bet on the talent of these guys. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm glad about the, the Marte Go trade. Ahead. Was that Hanniger? The Cattell Marte trade yeah. with Seattle? Uh, that was uh, Taiwan Walker. Oh, that's well, okay. Taiwan Walker came with, but there, there were many Cattell times Marte. they could have gave given up on him. Hanniger and Segura were both part of that trade. That's right, Segura. That makes sense. Yeah, um, I just want to. I'm glad you brought that up because we're talking about the trades and how the Diamondbacks have like been making out on these trades. That's another one. Like they've been winning trades. I know that was a while ago, but again, that's how they got Marte to get to that position, which goes back to what we talked about. They didn't never tank. They just weren't good. But like Marte, another win for them. But they could have I given mean, ever... up on him so many times. He had the one good year and then he was, eh. He, he, has had, a, he had a pretty but... rough um he had a pretty rough like that, 20, like that 2020 season the short season he was bad um he really wasn't that great last year uh either but 2021 he was excellent it's like every other year 2019 he was excellent 2021 he was excellent 2023 he was really good so ever since ever since they got rid of towers and dave stewart the diamondbacks been making some good deals yeah and, and like and like i said they're they've just made really good deals but at the same time, they've garden. they've made mistakes, and they've shown that you can overcome those mistakes just by hitting on most and scouting and drafting really well. Like Brandon Fott, like let's talk about him. First round pick, but the dude's out of an Atlantic Sun school. Um, I don't even think Bellerman was Division One when Brandon Fott was there. They like just recently made the jump. To, like so, they they drafted basically a D two pitcher. Um, and now he's winning game sevens for the Diamondbacks. 
pitching against the best postseason pitcher in MLB history. Yeah. So it's just like they it's it's the scouting, it's the developing. They've just been really good at at developing homegrown talent and then hitting on the trades that they've made. Can we just talk about why Jim just brought up Bellarmine College? Where's that more, located? No, no, it was more. Where is that a, located, Jim? Bellarmine's in, in Louisville, hmm. but but it was more of just a matter of like Brandon Fott oh, came out of yeah. nowhere. Yeah, well, let's just. Mention but don't you have a story about him though, too? Or no? I play softball that, with his brother. Okay, that's what it was. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, yeah. Continue. Yeah, that's all I had. Tyler was the one who brought that up. Well, like you brought up Bellarmine, I'm like, good lord, we're going, we're doing Louisville again. I was, I didn't Absolutely. say anything about Louisville. You were the one who who made sure I had. To you say brought it. up a college in Louisville. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it was from. You Louisville. knew what you were doing, Jim. You knew. He knew. Well, I guess, you know, we've been talking about Arizona for a while, right? In this sense, I mean, let's let's kind of talk about the Pirates. Like what Arizona has done, we've all talked about and discussed. You know, we talked about like it's certainly like the pitching, right? They have two really, really good, good dudes that are pitching for them. They have a really, really strong bullpen. You know, the the lineup's a little behind, but it's good enough. So again, for those that are hopeful and for all the yeses at the beginning of the show, can the Pirates be the 2023 Diamondbacks in 2024? Uh, I mean, like I guess let's just start out. Like Jim said, you don't have to squint too hard. Can they? I think they could, right? But like, how do you emulate that? Well, we've been talking about the bullpen as their strength so far. Um, there's certainly some guys that are intriguing. Let's go that route, right? You know, I don't think it's at the, the Diamondbacks level, but like, it could. You know, I, I think honestly, it, like the Diamondbacks is like the best case scenario for the Pirates. They kind of line up in that sense. Like the bullpen's stronger. They would have to get really, really good. And then like, when you look at the rotation, you know, we've talked, we've discussed Keller. You know, Keller could definitely be one of your guys in the postseason to rely on. They have Paul Skeens. I know a lot rides on him, but like, could you see a Skeens Keller one two combination that you're talking about next year? Like, could the Pirates have this type of pitching next year? A lot rides on Paul Skeens. Like, they, they, they desperately need him. Um, and it, it also, I think they got to lean on like either Oviedo has got to be another guy or they've got to bring in somebody who you can count on in those postseason spots. And there's more than one way to do that. One really good thing about like, if you're a competitive team and your buyers at the trade deadline, you can typically find a good starting pitcher who's a rental at the trade deadline who can, who can benefit you in the postseason. Um, so that, that's another way that, you know, if the pirates can build a good enough rotation to basically get them through 120 games, let's call it where that they're still in it. And then they can add that other piece to kind of put them over the edge and help them in the postseason at the deadline. That's another, that's another route, um, that they can go, um, because there's going to be plenty of starting pitchers on expiring deals that you can pick up somewhat cheap. Think like J.A. Happ, J.A. Happ. Right, like deals like that are are available to pretty much everybody. If this team would have been in this new wildcard format in 2015, they would have ran the table. It would have been good. 
But I mean, like Jordan Montgomery fits that mold for the Rangers, yes. and he's been such a huge contributor during this postseason. If the Rangers didn't make that trade for Jordan Montgomery, they're not where they are right now. Uh, and, and a lot of other teams passed on him. Like, uh, like the Orioles were a team where like they, the Orioles really could have benefited from having Jordan Montgomery this year, but they passed. They didn't really add anybody who got knocked out in the first round. The Orioles, who's still here in the World Series, the team that made the moves at the deadline uh, to, to make their team better. So if the question is, do I think that the Pirates could emulate the Diamondbacks this year? I absolutely, I really do think they could win 84 games this year. I think that should probably be the goal. Do I think they have enough to get to the World Series like the Diamondbacks have done? I I just can't see it. Um, even if I'll ignore Paul Skeens in general, I do think if I look at this rotation and what the Diamondbacks have done, I think that Mitch Keller could be a Zach Gallon type. And I think Johan Oviedo could be the Merrill Kelly type. Like those are two guys I think you could lean on a little bit. And if we've seen it before, if Oviedo is hot, he's really, really good. And that's what Merrill Kelly is doing. So I think they have the guys to do it. I just, I think that this is more of an aberration than it's like a thing that you can really lean on. Granted, uh, Paul Skeen's added into it. It might be a different story. And that's a, that's hoping Paul Skeen's is what we hope he will be. No, I think that's fair. Cause again, this kind of goes to the whole tone of the episode. I don't think anyone was looking at the Diamondbacks saying the Diamondbacks could, could do this. Right. But here they are. So like, you're right. Like, can the Pirates be the Diamondbacks? You can see it, but can the Pirates be the World Series? I don't see it. But again, like I don't see the Diamondbacks being that either. That's why baseball is fun and glorious, right? Like that's what makes the sport, and that's why playoffs are a whole different beast. So you're right there. I'm I'm not out here talking like the, the Pirates can be the World Series next year. I don't see that like almost any scenario. I don't care how hard you squint, I can't see that. It's possible, but I think you're right. You know, like Oviedo has something there. I think he surprised all three of us for sure this year. And I'm I'm willing to like look out for him to take another step next year. You know, we see him at his good, we see him at his worst. They're extremes, but like you said, Tyler, when he's on, he's on. So if he can like mitigate the bad stuff and continue to get better and be consistently better and good, I mean he can hands down win you games. And Mitch Keller, like we've seen what he's turned into. And if Paul Skeens is what as advertised and he can be like the ace, right? That dude that Keller follows and then like maybe an Oviedo follows. Yeah, that's three really strong guys. That's what the Diamondbacks had, right? Kelly, Gallon, and fought. The bullpen, David Bednar. I mean, Seawall went like 12 scoreless innings this postseason. I mean, yeah, you can see David Bednar doing that, right? I don't think anyone would be shocked if that happened. If Horderman takes a step, Majinski, you know, they add some guys like the bullpen. It's not there. Like, I'm not ready to crown them this bullpen that the Diamondbacks have, but like, you can see it. The bats, though, so many question marks. I mean, is O'Neill Cruz going to be that guy? Is Cabrian Hayes, like, what he's doing legit, right? All the rookies, all the young bucks, they have to take steps forward. 
I, I feel like the offense is where the Diamondbacks lack on. The Pirates are not close to that yet. But they could. Just, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, real, real quick, too. Real quick, too, just some quick numbers, because I, I actually disagree with you on the bullpen. Like, I don't think the Diamondbacks' bullpen is that good. Like, they're just pitching really well right now. It is right uh, now. The, the Diamondbacks <laughs> The Diamondbacks ranked 24th this year in in bullpen war. The Pirates were 11th. Um, Diamondbacks, 4.22 ERA. Pirates were 4.27. Uh, Pirates struck out more. They walked uh, a little bit more. But, I mean, the Pirates' bullpen, the Pirates' bullpen was better than the Diamondbacks this year. So, like, I, I disagree with you on that. Like, And, and you, like, you look at what the Diamondbacks Here's... are doing, and you've seen, like, the Pirates have put games together like that. Like, on, when they utilize these... The last two months of the year, the bullpen carried them through it, um, and they actually finished those two months with with their winning record. So, I think the bullpen's there. Like, okay, I just want there. to point this out though. David Benoit is better than this Paul isn't a takeaway what what you're saying, but they made a trade for Seawald to improve that bullpen, and he was terrible in the regular season. But now, come postseason, he's been what they traded for. So, I think that's a little bit of a difference. That's all I'm, I'm kind of getting at. He's okay. the guy they traded for, but in the regular season, he was terrible. Yeah, obviously, that goes back to what I said earlier about them catching lightning in a bottle. I think yeah. we're asking for a lot. Well, I think that's that's what this kind of comes down to. Like, if you're asking, and, and Kenny brings this up, right? Um, you know, the 20th, 23 Diamondbacks aren't a blueprint. They're a blueprint if if like you want to get into the into the playoffs and just see what happens. Right. Like that's that's basically what happened here. They got into the playoffs barely and they got hot. And that's sometimes all it takes. But the thing is, is it's tough to do that. <laughs> you know, it's a lot easier to get hot when you have constructed a really good baseball team. This year just was weird. And like the Braves didn't do anything. The Dodgers didn't do anything. Uh, the Rays, Orioles didn't do anything. These teams who did construct really good teams, they all they all got beat by by lesser opponents, and like that's just baseball for you, right? Like anything could happen. But I think if you're counting on like, hey, let's win 84 games, and we can do what the Diamondbacks do, like technically, can you? Yeah, but that shouldn't be what you're striving for. I think that's relying on that is a very very like bad thing to do. Yeah, you should be shooting for more than 84 wins. Like, you should want to have a 90-win team. Yeah. I think your floor should be 84. Well, let's yeah, get like them if, projections If everything goes going. wrong, if everything goes wrong, you're winning, you're winning 84 games. Yeah. yeah, no, good points. Good points. Like, this should not be the blueprint, right? You don't look at the Diamondbacks and say this is the formula for the Pirates next year. But I think just what it is is the Pirates could be the downbacks next year. That also shouldn't be the ceiling. Like the Pirates shouldn't say, hey, we've created the 2023 Diamondbacks, so we don't need to do any more moves, which I think is maybe what Tyler was leading towards at the beginning of the show. Yeah, yeah. Right? I just didn't know how like, to say words in my like, I don't I'm think Charrington should go out and say, I'm going to build the 2023 Diamondbacks. But he might by no means do I think like yeah, he might say can't, that actually. He might say that. That would be, be like, a problem. Our, our goal he, is to win. Like 80. he, 
four games this year. He legitimately said, like, we're projected to be a fourth place team. I, I know. So I guess like, he might say that. To bring it full circle to answer a question in that manner, the goal shouldn't be the Diamondbacks, and you shouldn't stop building once you think you've achieved Diamondbacks territory. I think there's a yeah. lot of question marks on this team, though. And because of the question marks, you could see them being the Diamondbacks next year. But if those question marks turn to answers, like they need to be better than what the Diamondbacks are. Yeah, and I'm kind of looking at this a different way. Like what the Diamondbacks are doing right now is just proof that you shouldn't just give up four years of your organization. Like try to win all the Thank time. Thank you, like, Jim. Like if a if an 84 win team can make the playoffs and go to the world series, then like, what are you doing? Just trying to lose ever. <laughs> like also just, like, just try to be like, just try to win games, build a good baseball team. Consistently. Jim, Jim, just also just, if you screw up a trade every now and then, like yeah. you don't have to rebuild after that. No, you don't have to take, <laughs> you, you don't can have to just trade. maybe try. Yeah. Oh, you know what? We, we accidentally traded ah. Austin Meadows and Tyler glass. Now, we yeah, have to tear done. the entire thing down now. No, you don't go there. Well, go out there and yeah. get them back. Like, but with different names, like that's yeah. all you got. Like, it's not that you don't have to tank. You don't have Sorry, to. Guys. Bottom. Sorry, guys. A prior GM traded Austin Meadows and Tyler glass. Now we'll see you in 2024. Yeah. Like that's, maybe that's stupid. It's, it's a, like, this just proves to you that if you can try, just try to be good. And Great. like anything can happen. They are different. There's different rules now. Like there's more teams involved. But yeah. So like try to like, be good. Yeah, they could like, have tried least, a lot harder least, this year. They knew what the rules were going into this season. Yes. So I like know. they was trying they, yeah, like, they they could have done this. They could have done this this year. And you're not convincing me otherwise. They were 20 and 8, damn it. Right. The Pirates won 76. The Diamondbacks 184. Could you not find an eight game swing in trying this year? To Jim's point, like there's that potential. I'm not saying it was like a guaranteed, right? But when they were 20 and eight, if you tried, if you just didn't employ a catch, maybe they could have been the Diamondbacks this year. Cause you know what? Could not hit a damn baseball, Donardo. They, the Pirates were hot. I, I mean, relatively speaking, the the Pirates were hot toward the end of the year. They were playing good baseball. What if they also had better players to complement the players they currently had on the team because they tried? I think it's fair. The like the Pirates could potentially have been the Diamondbacks this year. Problem is that there's a bunch of um less brain cells than we have, which I don't have very many who will go out there and tell us that if they would have had O'Neill Cruz, they would have won 84 games. It hurts. It hurts. Sure. Doesn't help. Doesn't help, but like, but without, I him, think if O'Neill Cruz doesn't get hurt, they're maybe still in a position where in July you could, you could make improvements to the team. Like, I don't know if, um, I don't know if they bottom out quite like they do in the summertime with O'Neill Cruz there. So I think you could say like O'Neill Cruz specifically himself isn't going to contribute to a, a what an eight game swing. That's not going to happen. 
but O'Neill Cruz could contribute to a four game swing. And then with a four game swing, you go, you know what? Maybe we should go find four more games out maybe, there somewhere. Yeah. Like maybe we hang on the Rich Hill. No, that wouldn't have maybe worked. You get though. better than Rich Hill. But, but, oh. <laughs> yeah. But, maybe. but you, but you get the point, right? Like you, right. instead of, instead of, uh, not trying to get better halfway through the season, you you do, you do try right. to get better. You kept. Carlos. You're not using an opener three out of five days. Yeah, right. You kept Carlos Santana, right? You added a few more pieces, and you, like you found those four wins. Well, you kept the wins that you had, and you found some more. Yep. And I mean, to be fair to Ben Sherrington, and he, this is the only time I'll ever like give him a little bit of defense. Pirates did deal with some injuries that not many teams deal with. Like their basically their rotation was done by the beginning of the year. But that's not like that's not a unique thing to the Pirates. It's not. But it happens everywhere. Velasquez down, Burrow down, Brubaker down. Like that. That's three arms right there. Done. The, the every team above the Pirates in the standings had the same problem. The entire. But nobody's losing to Neil Cruz. And we don't even right. know what he is. That's true. Who knows? Like, we don't Wait. even know what we missed with O'Neill Cruz. Yeah. He could have sucked. We don't know. That's true. That's the most frustrating part, I think, is that we still just don't know. Yep. And I and we talked about this last week, I think, last week or, or on Starbucks, Starbucks this morning, where this offseason we're going to be able to see some tangible things that happen. Like there's going to be actual moves of adding players, but the biggest things that this team needs to do is like the players on the team need to get better. And that's something that we're not going to know. We're not going to know if that's true until next year. Yep. It is kind of what stinks. Like that's, there's just so many question marks on this team. That's what hurts right now. You're like, I, I, you really don't want to go into 2024 with all the question marks that this team has, and that's what they're doing. Now, you can absolutely be hopeful and, and rational as well, not thinking every player is still going to be terrible. Like, like I said, I meant, mentioned before, like I'm sure two of them will hit and become better at least, right? I mean, like the odds are someone is going to get better than we were last year, but that's just kind of the problem. Like, there's still a lot of question marks, and it's still just a lot of variance. Like, this team could be good. Maybe we talk about could they be the Diamondbacks? Like, they can, they could be an 84 plus win team. But I don't know. Like the players could just be bad still, and maybe they didn't develop, and they're like a seventy-win team. <laughs> like that could yeah. happen. I they think could it's just less not take a step than an eighty-four yeah. win, but right, like that could happen. And I think it ultimately depends too on like what they do in free agency. Like, do they go all out there and build? You need arms, and again, like going to the Rangers. I'm not asking them to go out and get like all the top studs, but the Rangers just added arm after arm after arm this year and then the world series pirates have two pitchers in september in the rotation two <laughs> they need arms those diamondbacks though not in september i mean like in october where you're allowed were, to they were they were kind of arms <laughs> I mean, Zach Allen was really, really good this year. He was. And Merrill Kelly was really, really good this he year. He was. So they had like two really good starters. Yeah. Really and, the um, entire season. Allen faltered a little bit down the, down the stretch. 
yeah, the rest of the rotation was just plug and play. Like they didn't, Which, they didn't have anybody there. And I guess that's an improvement over what the Pirates dealt with. But, but they actually Either had way. a guy take the ball and go past the first inning. Well, I mean, the Pirates did at some points. And they Hunter had a guy Jackson step up did. when it matters. Like Brandon Fott stepping up was was obviously huge for them. Without him, they're not where they're at, they're at right now. And that's not somebody that going into the postseason you would have thought you could have relied on. But either way, I think we're all on the same page. You're like this is not a blueprint to follow. You you can't do this. This is not a simulation where you end up with 84 wins if everything goes correctly and then somehow you end up catching fire. This is not similar to the Rays when they make the World Series that everybody liked to count on before. The Rays had some really good baseball players and they develop really well. They Mm -hmm. coach really well. This is different. And so I guess to kind of touch real quick on the other end, because we haven't talked to them, but like that was the big thing. Like the Rangers and the Diamondbacks all lost a hundred games a few years ago. So can't the Pirates be in the World Series, you know, next year? And again, we're talking about the Rangers coming off a hundred loss season. Says Corey Seager, you're on our team. Like they didn't, they didn't have to sit back and say, "Well, we were a hundred loss team, so we need to take two more years till we can even entertain signing people." The Rangers said, hundred losses is unacceptable." So we're going to be good. And they added Corey Seager, right? And like Vinny talked about today, or just right now, I should say, um, you know, this in this offseason, what they did with the arms and such. I mean, they made they will themselves to be to be good. Like that's unacceptable. We're gonna be good. Now, granted, again, I'm not telling you the pirates have to spend 300 million dollars on a contract to sign somebody and such, right? But this is kind of what we're talking about. Like the pirates were just comfortable in that we're just going to be bottom out for a while until we're absolutely there. And then we're going to add, you know, like they could have added this year and if it didn't work out this year, it's fine. Cause that person's still here next year when they're going to be good as well. But at least you attempted this year to do something. So um, yeah, like that's, what's been kind of frustrating, but again, also like, that's why I don't want to compare the, like the pirates into the Rangers aspect. And that's why we really haven't for those like, you know, Oh, well, the Rangers were hundred last team too. look what the Rangers did. Marcus Simeon. Right, Corey Seager. They had Degrom, Max Scherzer, you know Jordan Montgomery, Heaney. Um, who am I missing on the staff? Oh, Yavaldi, Yavaldi. Yeah. So it's just like I mean, arm after arm after arm. The Pirates have to have arms. You know, they're going to have to go out there in free agency and and build on this team if they want. Again, not to not accept the Diamondbacks and Will in there, but to be a good team and ensure that they're in the playoffs next year. Hedges. <laughs> the Rangers did add hedges. Hey, another arm. They added that arm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. He had more innings pitched in the regular season than he had postseason plate appearances. <laughs> Good for him, though. Uh, yeah, I mean, nothing like against him personally in that sense. Like, yeah, good for him. It's just, it's funny. We it's said funny. it all. Yeah. 
I think we've said enough about Austin Hedges on this podcast. I don't ever want to talk about him again. We will next totally sign up again next. So Cody brings this point up, and this is something that I wasn't aware of, but uh, he says, are we rooting for the di- Diamondbacks so Hedges doesn't get a ring? Yes. So here's the thing. Yes. If the Diamondbacks win the Those World Series, do you know who does get a ring? Sebi Zavala. The guy, who, the guy who hurt O'Neill Cruz and then stood over him don't and yelled care. at him. And don't then care. in his press conference said, I don't well, care. I'll forget about this tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. We didn't forget tomorrow. I did. We're good. You didn't forget. I didn't, but we're good. Yeah. I'd rather have Austin he, Hedges get a ring. He did not hurt him personally. O'Neill Cruz doesn't know how to slide. No, it was a, ter- it was a terrible slide by O'Neill Cruz. Yeah, like um, Austin which, Hedges has personally offended me. Like he made my life miserable for three months. But that wasn't his fault. It wasn't I don't his care. fault that he was bad. I don't care. Let me put this perspective in there. Because I get all that. But this isn't the Zavala versus Austin Hedges World Series. Like, come on. <laughs> Stop it. I mean, Zavala's not even. I don't care about either of them two, period. What the ring would get, whatever. I don't like, want Austin Hedges to win anything. I don't care. He's not even. He's getting a participation. I don't show. care. I don't want him to get anything. Yeah, I, I don't, don't, care, I don't care enough about Austin care. Hedges. That it matters for this world series. No, I don't want people to be able to say, oh look at how much catching matters. Blah, 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 blah. But they already play. are like no again, it's not hasn't matter. even played. So like but they will people that, are dumb. But they're just doing that to make you upset. I, like they're yeah. no, no one's actually seriously thinking Austin Hedges has anything to do with what the Rangers are doing. But right. the people do make me upset. So I gotta do what I gotta do here. You just need just to ignore, JT. ignore the trolls, Tyler. I'm not good at that. Neither this is I. why I'm off Twitter anymore. <laughs> Donardo's always arguing with like real, real Bobby one eight seven three four two nine eight seven created account October twenty third twenty twenty three. He's got one follower. Donardo, oh, we're going in. I am goes after people. Personally, like I am more offended by Austin Head just telling us we're all stupid for not understanding catching. Then a guy that just like stood there while O'Neill Cruz didn't know how to slide. I think we've talked. I don't about carry the enough, to be honest. We I don't have, the way. but I'm not rooting against any team because of those two losers. And one of the losers is going to have to get. I mean, I'm I'm not going to call them losers, but regardless, like one of them two are going to have to get a World Series ring. But okay. like, who cares? But can I be honest here? I'm on the same page as most baseball fans. I don't care about this World Series. I really don't. But this you also the, didn't care about any game prior to this World Series. This is the least interesting yeah. World Series I can remember. If it was like Braves, Orioles, you wouldn't care. I don't know a single Rangers or Diamondbacks fan. So? I just have. Because you, you, you live in rural Ohio and you I haven't know, left your street very... in seven years. <laughs> I haven't left here seven years. You haven't left your county in months. No, I did. I left it this month to get an oil change. Okay. <laughs> you just said this month. Yeah, it was for my birthday. It was like three in days the later. most serious manner. For, for for Tyler's birthday, he left his county. No, it was like September twenty third. I went and go got. I went and got an oil change, and they told me I had a nail in my tire. Okay, like you have to leave your county to get an oil change. 
We're talking rural Ohio. You have Correct. to leave your county in Correct. order to get an oil change. Yes. And that's why you left your county. Yes. And that's why you don't know any Rangers or Diamondbacks fans. Correct. To be real, though, I mean, there aren't. There actually aren't any. No, there's none. I don't um, know any Diamondbacks. Because no one actually is from Phoenix. Like Everyone who lives in Phoenix moved to Phoenix from somewhere else. So they're a fan of somebody else. They're, not a single person has ever actually been born in Phoenix. Like if I'm if I have to pick for if I have <laughs> to pick a team here, I actually probably would pick the Diamondbacks just because they beat the Yankees the one year, and it made me feel good when I was like eight. Yeah, that was that was cool. Yeah, so I'll root for the Diamondbacks. Um, I'm rooting for the Rangers. Either way, I don't want either team to be in the World Series because I want big market teams to be in. So that nobody has this little brain fog where they think that teams that are small. What are the Rangers? Are they they're not like big market at all. Uh, Dallas is like Dallas Fort Worth is like the fourth largest metro in the United States. No, I meant I don't want small market teams. So, well, <laughs> brain's not working. The Texas Rangers play in the largest market where there's only okay. one team. You guys put me in a pickle here. All right, go to bed, Tyler. It's already yeah. I don't know who I'm going to root for. I'm rooting for the Rangers because I mean they're. I, I, we'll see who I bet on on Game Seven. There's a pretty complete team. I enjoy watching them. They're fun, and I just think they're going to beat the Diamondbacks. But I thought the same thing with the Phillies too. So. Yeah, I don't know who I'm rooting for. I don't know if I'm rooting for anybody. I'm just gonna hope that they're good baseball games. Like, give me, give me games. Give me, uh, give me seven games, and I'll be happy. Yeah, I'll take that. Regardless, I'm gonna root for whoever I bet on on whichever night it is. There you That's go. fair. Okay. Well, is that is that it? We talked for an hour nine about the Pirates and Diamondbacks. Yeah, I think that's good. We're so good. There's nothing to talk about. We talked for an hour and nine that's minutes. That's true. Four hours ago, you were like, what are we talking about tonight? And I was like, let's talk about this. This was all my idea. Yeah. Well, let's just ignore that whole thing. What's next week? Tonight? The guy who couldn't even get into the actual stream. It's the brains behind this. Hey, I, I'm... Denardo. Not my fault. Oh, yeah, my bad. It was not an hour nine. It was 69 minutes, as Kenny says. Well, yeah. now we got to get off because it's 70 minutes. Okay. Oh, Let's well, I'm just out here trying to promo next week, but that's cool. We'll, we'll say it. I was going to do it, but go ahead, Tyler. No, that's cool. You do it. No, go ahead. No. Fanboys next week. Fanboys next week, Wednesday night, uh, 9 o'clock-ish fanboys so be ready for that for real for real this time i don't even know if we promoted it last time no i said it on starbucks this this past mm -hmm. monday but uh it didn't happen clearly tonight but next week for sure wednesday look out we'll definitely have it um but something we've been kind of talking about too like this often like there's there's a lot coming down the pipe that we'll be releasing here in waves so next week though is is the fanboys we'll see you then tomorrow jim cardboard 
Yep. Open up some packs tomorrow and Saturday. Haven't opened them yet. So can't tell you if it's good or not. It's terrible. Actually, it's really good. It's going to be really good. Yeah, good vibes. Tune in and watch. All right. We'll see you then, I guess. Bye-bye. See you guys. Hey, you all. Thank you for watching. I know we try to provide the most entertaining content that we can, uh, and we'd love to spread it to as many people as possible. So uh, I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but if you could take the five seconds to like this video and subscribe to the page, it helps out so much more than you know. Thank you, and let's go Bucks. Oh, 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 oh,